Hello, and welcome to the United MEC Leading Edge podcast series, Zoom edition. I'm Captain James Belton, the United MEC spokesman. The United MEC employs the volunteer work of 28 committees. We have subject matter experts on everything from safety to past travel to scheduling. While these things are vitally important to our pilots, perhaps the sharpest focus of our union is how we take care of one another. Today, we have undertaken an effort to bring together the chairman and women of what we like to call our pilot assistance committees. The committees include SOAR, HIMSS, Professional Standards, Aeromedical, and the Critical Incident Response Program. These committees are comprised of pilots and professionals who care about the well being of our pilots on a very personal level. During this leading edge, we will have the chance to gain insight into how these committees not only stand alone, but work well together. Captain Lynn Tatum is a 767 captain in Dulles, and she leads the SOAR committee. Bill Licht is a 787 captain in Newark and chairs the Professional Standards Committee. First Officer Travis Ludwig flies a 757 in Dulles and heads up the Aeromedical Committee. Captain Margaret Hendricks flies a 777 in Chicago and is the chair of the HIMSS Committee, while Captain John McFadden is an A320 captain in Chicago and is the vice chair of the Critical Incident Response Program. Lynn, I'd like to start with you as your committee can really spill over into the others. Can you tell us about SOAR and how that may relate to what our folks do? Thanks, Jim. SOAR is a peer support program and it's a safe place for our pilots to turn to when their stress levels are overwhelming or they want to have a confidential discussion about a mental health concern. Basically, pilots can call our hotline and talk confidentially to a trained line pilot, you know, just one of the peers. These peers understand our lifestyle, all our company expectations, the stress associated with just our normal job and anything that's non-normal in our pilot's day. Pilots are like everyone else, Jim. Tragedies happen to us, difficult situations hit our families. And when this happens, it's hard to recall all our resources. We have a lot of them. Pilots by nature are not good at self-assessing. Surprising to know, Jim, we have big egos and somewhat of a hero complex. You know, you can see us next to Spider-Man on the billboard. Volunteers, part of their job is to remind pilots about the FAA's recommended I'm safe checklist, which includes a self-check of our emotions and stress, in addition to illness, medical, alcohol, and rest when we're trying to determine if we're fit to fly. That's interesting, Lynn. Uh, when you say medical concerns, what exactly falls into that pot? What are we talking about? Well, Jim, you mentioned medical concerns. Kind of we deal more with the mental health concerns, and that's a tricky thing to talk about. Pilots don't like to talk about it. They understand the medical concerns like heart problems, kidney stones, cancers, but who would they want to talk to when they have anxieties, depression, PTSD? You know, that, that's difficult, but the answer to that is talk to ALPA. Our volunteers are here to do this. Okay, so we can talk to SOAR volunteers about this. How do the volunteers help and how confidential is this? Well, Jim, confidentiality, that's the key to our program. Pilots can call and talk about anything. 
Information is never kept or shared. Our, our volunteers are trained to listen and they know what's acceptable and they're knowledgeable on the FAA's policies of flying with and reporting any mental health diagnosable conditions. Um, volunteers are also really good to advise on LTD or any kind of long-term disability that they might you know, need to take. Additionally, one of our most common areas that we help with is connecting pilots to a pilot-savvy counselor and a mental health professional. So basically, Jim, our volunteers are here to help pilots find the best resources to help themselves and their families. Uh, that's great, Lynn. Our pilots are, are certainly well taken care of. They reach out to their, uh, with their personal issues. Now, I wonder if a pilot has an issue with another crew member, uh, where would they go for help with that issue? Well, Jim, we'll take any call and we'll always listen to a pilot's concerns. SOAR often works along with ProStands as a resource when a pilot's behavior is known to involve work and um, any kind of life stressors. But Captain Bill Leck and his committee, a professional standards team, they're the go-to squad when it comes to dealing with any kind of contentious relationships between crew members. Bill, welcome aboard the Leading Edge. Like Lynn, I'm sure you're seeing that the crisis is bringing the stress level to a boil. Can you relate to what you do on a daily basis and how you help our pilots? Uh, yes, I can, Jim. Uh, professional standards are the keepers of the Alpha Code of Ethics, uh, which tell us how to behave on and off the property, both ethically and professionally. We are experts in conflict resolution, both in conflicts in the cockpit and between pilots and other working groups. We understand the expectations of the FAA through the FAR's company uh, via the flight manual, flight operations manual, world, world operations manual, and the working together guidelines, and ALPA via the uh, ALPA Code of Ethics and Conduct. We explain these expectations to those who become involved with our committee and the potential ramifications for not meeting those expectations. We work with many other ALPA committees, such as the Pilot Assistance Committees here today on this podcast, uh, and other committees, uh, training, uh, jump seat, and a myriad of other ALPA committees. When an issue arises, we may ask a uh, personal question to ascertain if the behaviors exhibited might be uh, caused by an external stressor. If an external stressor is brought to our attention, we will redirect to the appropriate ALPA committee, such as Lynn's uh, SOAR committee. Cases are brought to our attention via PDRs, pilots, other employee groups, LEC officers, uh, MEC officers, and uh, management. If a case comes to us through management, we are required to get back to management with a successful or unsuccessful resolution. If unsuccessful, it will become a management issue for the pilots involved. Other groups that we have a great working relationship with, their professional standards committees are dispatch and AFA. The Union First Campaign is a great example of committees directing their employees to their professional standards committees instead of management as their first choice. You may have seen the luggage tags uh, for Union First out on the line. We communicate to the pilot group via MEC announcements. These announcements are formulated via trending issues out on the line. There are approximately 60 professional standards reps across the system. These reps are made up of highly trained individuals, trained in the area of conflict resolution. You can find the contact information of your professional standards uh, representatives via the PDR drop-down menu under professional standards, as well as the MEC webpage under committee members, Jim. 
that's fascinating, Bill. Does the flight office prefer that Alpa handle these issues before they get involved? And like uh, Lynn with SOAR, I imagine that you guys are confidential. Can you talk to that? Uh, Jim, uh, the flight offices most definitely prefer uh, issues handled at the uh, lowest possible level. Uh, uh, we are confidential, neutral, and do not keep any written records. Uh, and we are fortunate to have a letter of agreement in our collective bargaining agreement that tests management to use professional standards uh, to resolve issues at the lowest possible uh, level. So yes, management would much prefer uh, that professional standards uh, handle, uh, handle these cases. Okay, I imagine uh, there are issues that start out as behavioral issues, but are caused by a dependency problem. Uh, Margaret, your committee deals with dependency issues. Can you give us an overview? Uh, what is HIMSS? Uh, how does that set itself apart from the other pilot assistant committees? Sure, Jim. HIMSS is also a peer support program comprised of dedicated individuals who volunteer their time and effort to make the program work for the benefit of the pilot, his or her family, and the company. Each of the team members has the knowledge and understanding to deal with problems of substance abuse in a compassionate, professional, and uh, confidential manner. What are some of the reasons a pilot uh, might talk to a HIMSS volunteer? Uh, drinking at home, causing, causing some family issues, drinking on layovers, calling work issues, uh, positive TOT, a DUI, to name the most common. And just uh, to put a point in here, not all DUIs lead to entry into the HIMSS program. Um, a DUI must be reported to the company and the FAA, but it is the BAC level or the blood alcohol content level that may determine what direction the pilot must go. Uh, a BAC level above a 0.15, for example, will require a psychiatric evaluation by a HIMSS trained psychiatrist. Does, um, does the HIMSS differ from what a SOAR volunteer can do for you? HIMSS is a substance abuse dependence treatment program specific to commercial pilots. Um, it is an industry-wide effort in which pilots, managers, healthcare professionals, and the FAA work together to preserve careers and enhance air safety. Uh, the pilot is guided through the process by HIMSS trained professionals and peers throughout their treatment, recovery, and return to the cockpit. Margaret, does a dependency issue affect a pilot's medical? Uh, a pilot in HIMSS will return to work with a special issuance medical, uh, just like any other pilot with a medical condition requiring monitoring. Travis, you head up uh, Air Medical, and uh, <clears throat> things have got to be quite crazy lately with uh, the COVID issues, uh, stress, and medical extensions. Uh, you've got to be ex extremely busy. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, Jim, uh, we have been extremely busy. Uh, normally, the Aeromedical Committee deals with pilots with medical questions dealing uh, with return to work or the normal sick process. Uh, everyone in my committee is a line pilot, and they may or may not be trained as a medical professional. However, we don't actually give any medical advice. Uh, we have some great union doctors that do that. Those doctors, also known as the Alpha Air Medical Office, or AMAS, can be reached Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 4 at uh, 303. 431-4435, it was on the slide earlier. Uh, they're all former AMEs that have chosen to give up their license, although they, they do still stay current uh, so that they can talk confidentially to our union brothers and sisters. What has uh, changed now with the coronavirus? Uh, can you talk some uh, some about that? I'm sure it's uh, very stressful. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a lot of change. Uh, the speed of information and the data that we've uh, received has been changing so fast. Um, obviously, 
pilots are concerned about their health just as well as we are in ALPA. Uh, we've seen an exponential increase in the PDRs uh, in questions related for COVID. And that's given us a lot of great data to show the company where they need to work harder to comply with some of the CDC recommendations. And I'm glad to say United uh, is listening. The Central Air Safety Committee and Air Medical has teamed up uh, for a few of the recent uh, safety risk analysis dealing with coronavirus. So it's been a great example of how our union's been able to pull in different SMEs to produce the best outcome from our pilots. It's truly a new era. Suppose a, a pilot calls in uh, in the aftermath of a, an incident at work, say a severe turbulence encounter, and he complains about the uh, difficulty of sleeping. Are, are you going to help him out with that uh, in, in aeromedical? So we'll talk to him a little bit about the sleeping issue, point to the doctors and do that. But we've got a great relationship with our critical incident response program there. Uh, and I would send him over there since it's a work related. And I think uh, John would love to talk about that. Uh, that's a great segue, Travis, uh, uh, to our next committee. The critical incident response program is a uh, headed up by John McFadden. John can give you give us a quick interview, or I'm sorry, a quick overview of that uh, CHIRP committee. Thanks, Jim. First, thanks for all the effort that you and the folks in COM are putting forth. I know you've been crazy busy. I'm also really grateful and honored to work with a lot of my fellow PA leaders here. CRP is really a structured, peer-driven, and confidential program. It's designed to assist pilots after a perceived or a real traumatic event. Uh, it's not a counseling therapy or some warm and fuzzy hand-holding exercise. Our pilot peers are trained and supported by the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation. Uh, it's been used literally for decades by special forces, police officers, medical professionals. The peers utilize a proven science-based approach. Uh, it can mitigate the effect of stress reactions after events like an engine fire or uh, an evacuation or an aircraft accident. At United, we have approximately 25 volunteers and nearly 200 nationwide, along with CRP team, teams that exist globally. The dedicated and passionate peers are trained in empathetic listening used in critical incident stress debriefings and defusing techniques. These are structured confidential discussions that can accelerate the recovery from a work-related event before stress reactions damage careers, families, and lives. CRP is recognized globally as the industry standard for assisting pilots in mitigating and reducing the impact of critical incident stress, which is really very different than the cumulative type of stress we may experience due to life experiences like perhaps a bankruptcy or a family member in distress. So it's safe to say that these are work-related issues, correct? That really is our primary focus and role. Um, we also work directly to support the ALPA air safety investigators after an accident. You do work well with, uh, with the other pilot assistance committees, um, but uh, it seems like it might be a little bit con confusing with what SOAR does. Can you uh, delineate what, uh, since SOAR is our newest committee, the difference between what you do and what those folks might help with? That's a great question, Jim. There's actually several differences. Um, first, CRP really has been around for nearly 25 years. Um, our combined peers have about two centuries of experience assisting pilots. Um, second, I'd say perhaps just due to the history, we have a little bit better or maybe a different well-established respected relationship with a lot of the LEC and MEC members um, and the chief pilots alike. Third, and this is really the one that's critical, we can and we do reach out to pilots directly after a work-related event. Lastly, CRP is really a short-term program. It includes structured follow-up. Um, participation is entirely voluntary. All of our interactions are confidential, 
and we don't keep any written records, nor do we ever provide any feedback to the LEC or management. Our discussions with pilots focus on non-operational concerns. And much like the other committees, at the end of the day, it really is all about helping the pilot, regardless of our specialized training or committee position. I'd like to go through a, an exercise here and, uh, and, and uh, maybe get a, a bunch of you to talk about this. Let's, let me pose a scenario. Say I just ran off the runway. My co-pilot was uh, uncooperative, but not necessarily unsafe. My heart is racing and uh, I have an overwhelming urge to drink. Who should I call first? You know, I'll take a stab at that since it's uh, centered sort of around a work-related event. Um, I would say um, the process would include probably a phone call to the air safety hotline. Um, and then after that, a phone call would likely come to the pilots uh, via a CRP peer explaining what our program is, asking them if they would like to participate. Um, in the course of our discussion, which would probably be about 25 to 30 minutes long, uh, we talk about some of the other issues um, that the pilot raised. Um, and we have, uh, much like Lynn talked about before, uh, we work together very well. So we would offer that pilot the opportunity really to learn more about uh, perhaps the HIMSS program to, to maybe answer those questions related to that overwhelming urge to drink. Um, the heart is racing, uh, you know, if they're concerned about medically related things, um, we'd certainly uh, provide them with the information for aeromedical. Um, and then as far as the uncooperative, obviously, um, we talk to provide them with the information for pro standards. So we really get the pilot to the, to the resources that will help them the most. That makes sense. Sure does. Um, is there another chairman that wants to chime in on that uh, particular event? I would like to uh, chime in on that, uh, Jim. It's an interesting situation for professional standards if it did come to professional standards because it started with uh, an incident or an accident and there are you know, a lot of issues going on here. I think uh, it would probably go to uh, the ERC uh, uh, you know, via the FSAP process and maybe a flight safety investigation and then later on be uh, redirected to pro standards uh, to work with uh, both pilots or the pilot who is uh, difficult to work with uh, for lack of a better term. And then uh, pro standards would direct that individual uh, on a better way or a you know, more professional way to conduct themselves in the cockpit. Also, I might chip in um, quite often with a uh, case like this that SOAR might step in as well as a referral. Um, a pilot might want to talk confidentially about things that are bothering them a little bit later in life, not, not the most immediate needs. Maybe there's some more concerns that are troubling them that this incident might have uh, put some additional pressure. So in some cases, we will be the, not necessarily the follow-up committee, but like John said, um, they're sort of the immediate uh, resource and we might kind of be a handoff team. So that's how we work together. It's a good example. This, uh, this exercise here was, is meant to be a lighthearted example of a real world concern. I don't mean to diminish the seriousness of what you folks do, but I wanted you all to talk about um, perhaps some of the overlap of your committees. Uh, I imagine you do have quite a bit of, of overlap. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. We sure do. Yeah. Very much so. Um, yeah, I was going to say a lot of times when we're talking to a pilot after there's been an event at work, uh, they'll bring up that there are challenges that they're facing at home that they're not quite sure how to handle. Um, so that's a great opportunity for us to, to provide them with the, 
the information and the contacts for sure um, who can help perhaps walk walk through this difficult time and uh, and help them out to the best of their ability and um, as far as SOAR goes a lot of times we're just the immediate friend the buddy the peer and we take the call initially and we're just there to listen and learn what's troubling the pilot and then help them find the right resource which you know, might be aeromedical quite often, might be the AMAS resource, might be family issues. So we're kind of a first contact, safe, confidential place to start. And then we help the pilot pick what resources uh, that they think might be most helpful for themselves and their family members. I think it's also sure. important to point out, Jim, that um, a lot of times uh, it doesn't always in involve a referral or intervention with a mental health professional. Um, sometimes people just need somebody to talk to and listen to their concerns. That makes all the difference. Well said. <laughs> Certainly. The, uh, the elephant in the room, if you will, is this COVID crisis that we're involved with. Um, it's uh, affected us greatly. Um, I see some captain uh, names on this screen that may not remain captains, mine being one of them. But uh, mm -hmm. let's go around the room and talk about the COVID crisis and uh, maybe give a, a, a testimonial from your committee as to how this has affected uh, your committee and uh, our pilot group at large. Well, I'll start, Jim. Um, certainly we've had an increase in calls and that's good because we want people to feel comfortable calling us and talking about their concerns. As Travis mentioned, people have health concerns. They're worried about themselves getting COVID, but kind of more often we're seeing they're worried about um, the fact that they're taking care of a family member and what's their boss going to think if they choose not to go to work because maybe they're not sick, but they're worried about their family members. So we, you know, we have people that are worried about a variety of things. And then you add the additional stress to the unknown and the uncertainty of the industry out there. It's, it's putting a lot of pressure on people. So the, maybe they've had some family issues they were just barely struggling with to hold it together. And now you add all this extra stress. It's, it's sometimes more than they can handle alone. And that's why we're glad they're calling us. Uh, Jim, uh, Bill from Professional Standards. Uh, I'd like to dovetail on what Lynn said. We're seeing uh, one of the biggest uh, issues right now is the mask issue uh, creating conflicts. Uh, pilots like, uh, you know, many different uh, of our working groups have different feelings about uh, the mask and the wearing of the mask, but the mask is required uh, by United and, and by the port authorities around the country and their state regulations. And we're directing our pilots to make sure that they are uh, following the directives of the company, uh, the state, port authorities, and also be extra sensitive to the needs and the concerns of their fellow uh, coworkers uh, because of all the things that Lynn had said, uh, the uncertainties uh, you know, of, of the health uh, ramifications of getting COVID. So uh, we're, we're just trying to get our pilots to understand the importance of following these guidelines and the potentials uh, for getting in trouble for not following them. Travis, would you like to jump in on uh, on medical issues uh, concerning COVID? Yeah, absolutely, thanks. Uh, yeah, it's uh, with the information changing so fast, uh, the Air Medical Committee has definitely been reading up and trying to keep up with all of the changing uh, and understanding that, that what a stress this causes to our pilots. 
Um, and so, you know, we, we've been extra cautious and extra on alert and listening. Uh, so if we hear those stressors that we might hand it off to one of our other uh, PA committees to work well. We all are, are trained in our own uh, swim lanes, but uh, we like to see it more as a beach where we each know a little bit about the other ones and know when to send them to the different uh, committees. Okay, uh, Margaret, have you seen a, uh, an increase in uh, any dependency issues or calls to your, to your committee lately? No, lately we really haven't. Um, to use your last um, scenario and, you know, with all the stress that's going on now, often a traumatic event or stressful times, you know, people will turn to um, alcohol, you know, the, I need a drink right now. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have an alcohol problem. Unfortunately for some, there comes a time when turning to alcohol or drugs for relief doesn't work. It could increase their problems and it may be beyond their control. You know, an incident work may help those who have had or having trouble uh, with alcohol or drugs come to the realization that they have a problem, um, an aha moment, so to speak. Uh, you know, so far, though, like I said, during these very emotional and stressful times, HIMSS has not seen an increase in pilots asking for help. I feel many are turning and reaching out to a family or friends or one of our other pilot uh, assistance groups for support. But if they should find themselves um, relying on alcohol or drugs to cope with life, uh, unable to stop using on their own. Um, we are here to help guide them through the recovery process. Hey John, um, uh, perhaps you'd like to uh, talk a little bit about, uh, I know we're all under stress and uh, we certainly don't want another uh, incident, but stress-related incidents can happen. Um, uh, what are you seeing from your end? So really, Jim, I think much of the education part of our discussion um, following a critical incident really can be applied to the situation we're currently in. Uh, some of the things that others have found very useful or helpful after an incident are really to try to maintain a routine. I know that's tough in today's environment. Really, probably one of the most important things is to focus on the areas that you have some control or influence over and ensure that you have friends or family members that you can talk to and confide in. Uh, we also convey that really roller coaster emotions, uh, those are normal responses in normal people to really a highly fluid and abnormal situation. Um, and it, and I think just being available um, is huge, actually. That's what we've learned. Well understood. The, uh, the comm committee has been extremely busy since the onset of this crisis, so I fully uh, identify with what you're all going through. It is important for our pilots to know what their dues money is being spent upon. Our pilots need to know where to turn when they have a problem. They may not be able to, do, to handle these problems on their own, so uh, this is very important for us. This podcast was produced to let our pilots know what ALPA can do for them. If you'd like to know more about pilot assistance, please reach out to any of the committees here. Professionally trained fellow pilots and staff are standing by to help. If you'd like to volunteer your time to work with one of the committees, please contact ALPA and get involved. Thank you for watching the Leading Edge podcast. And on behalf of Lynn, Bill, Travis, Margaret, and John, and the entire MEC, Fly safe and stay healthy. I'm James Belton.